Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And um, I just spent the last five minutes talking about how good I look, so like, <laughs> I'm in a mood. But truly, truly though, she does, so, you know. I'm let's, usually let's talking about how terrible I look, so it's a, it's a change. <laughs> Are you drinking wine? Yes. What wine are you drinking? That same shitty Sutter Home Pinot Grigio. <laughs> Stop it. I know. It's so terrible. But today was my last day of school before Thanksgiving break. And I know it's only three days extra off of work. You have no idea how much I need that. I totally feel that. I totally feel that. I have one more day until I'm off for four days. I'm so sick of it that today my students were complaining. They were like, why? And this is my favorite class too. Like a class that I don't even have a problem with. My favorite class was like, why do they call it a break if we just get homework and have to do schoolwork the whole time? And I literally, without hesitation, was like, it's a break for me because I don't want to look at your face anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Poor children. They were like, Miss Lorick. And I was like, that's where I am right now. Sorry. Sorry about it. But I was like, stop making your mom jokes. They're not funny. You do have seventh graders. Those are the eighth graders, actually. But yeah, oh. middle school. Middle school, a time. That is a time in someone's the life. Time um, that I, uh, do not my envy. Sister, yeah, my sister said to me the other day, she's like, I really hate when other parents are like, oh, just wait till they get this age. Just wait till they do that. Like, she's like, I love my kid. I'm never going to not like my kid. And then I think about middle school and sometimes I think I might hate my kid. (laughs) (laughs) Like, fair. Sadie. She's uh, decided she needs to be in the video as well. And uh, she's not doing so well with me working 70 to 80 hours a week. Um. Neither am I, though, to be fair. So I was going to say, funny. I'm not doing well with you working seven Right. <laughs> it's just a struggle all around. So yeah. uh, she's attached to me at all times now. Um, but it's fine. She probably will be quiet. Enough for recording. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, she is full oh, in the camera. She normally avoids it. I know. I was going to say, I don't ever get to look at your face, Sadie. <laughs> well, there it is. There it is. Big <laughs> um, and beautiful. So how has your week been? <laughs> Exhausting. I, uh, it's fine. I didn't take off any rest time. I normally rest like on Sundays and Saturday I worked a double and I went out Friday night because I'm a moron. And so I slept like three hours and then worked like 12 hours. <laughs> And uh, almost died. It was a very chaotic day. We had it, it was a disaster of a day. It was not my fault though, but it was a disaster, and I just had to be there for twelve hours of it. Yeah. And then uh, I normally would sleep on Sundays or like you know watch my shows that I talk about on the Instagram. And um, went to brunch and never came home. So uh, also didn't get much sleep on Sunday. So and, um, you're an idiot, right? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I was like, it'll be fine. I'll be off on Thursday. And then I was like, I gotta make it through Monday through Wednesday though. Like honestly, Sunday night, 
I was texting my best friend at work and I was like, there's a 0% chance I'm coming in tomorrow. Like, I just, I can't, I cannot do it. And she goes, no, but like, I have stories from this weekend. I go, uh-huh. I'm coming All in right. tomorrow. I'll be there for that. But literally, if you want me to go somewhere that I don't want to be, just guarantee that there will be juicy gossip for me to hear when I got there and I will go. Well, uh, speaking of juicy gossip, have you been uh, keeping up with the Katie Bachelor drama? Okay, 12 Days of Messy is so, so messy. And I was really, really hoping that she was going to be getting back together with Michael A. Because I mean, I think everyone was. I know, but also because of what was John. You knew it was John, though. Everyone knew it was John. I didn't. Do you follow her on Instagram? No. (laughs) Well, that's why you didn't know. He's all over her Instagram. I I do, but like I don't. She's, I follow too many people. So like I never actually see her posts. Right. Fair. But I was hoping it was Michael A because I love Michael A. I also love love Michael A. Don't get me wrong. I was a big John Stan. Mm hmm. And I even bought into the conspiracy theory that her and John were together before the show ended. But I just think it's messy. I think the fact that she shared videos of John that Blake was in is low. I did not watch all the videos. I just, she I got the Bachelor windmill updates. She posted a video from when her and Blake were still together and they mutually hung out with John. I was like, that is, that is a level that I don't respect. Well, I was told by the other bachelor groups that I'm in that she cleared everything with each of the men before she posted anything. So they knew what was happening, including Blake. Wait for the 12 days of messy. Yeah. She clearly did not clear things with Thomas because Becca unfollowed her hella fast. Oh, well, I didn't. Well, I don't know. Then I was lied to. Anyways, we don't need to turn this into a, into a Bachelor podcast again. I just thought one I'd last, bring it up. One here. last Bachelor thing, though. Heartbreaking. Zach and Tasha. Zach and Tasha. Oh, it was devastating. I'm sorry I just, like, yelled. So for everyone who's listening, you just got me screaming in your ear. I'm very upset about it, though. I'm genuinely upset. Like, did I think Katie and Blake slash the lion from Madagascar we're going to end up together <laughs> in the long run no no did I still kind of hope the best for them absolutely of course but did I think that Zach and Tasha were the real thing yes yes and am I devastated yes. also yes but Astrid and Kevin had their baby oh I didn't see that I saw they did a re- like a Big pregnancy, like shoot yeah. or something, a few weeks back. Yeah, no, nice. they had the baby. That's and, wonderful. Um, Glad to bring it up to a, a high topic before we get um, right into death. Ben Higgins' wedding. Oh, I did see that too. I did see that too. Adorable. I hope he's happy. And speaking of mm-hmm. Thomas and Becca at Ben Higgins' wedding, there's pictures of Thomas throwing it out with Blake, like Balake Blake. And so oh, I'm yeah, very yeah. I'm very happy because there was a lot of people who were worried that Blake was having hard feelings because Blake and Becca were like almost kind of a thing, but then not a thing right. because she went on paradise, but Blake and Thomas, super cool. Everybody's friends. 
Look, dude, Blake just wants to DJ it out. He just wants to have his DJ career take Listen, off if and Blake be friends wants, with everyone. If Blake wants to just get some in and not have it be a relationship, granted, he could get that from basically any woman in America, but like I volunteer. <laughs> we will uh, give him a call, see what he's up to. He'll probably come to New York. You can uh, hit him up. My biggest, Buffalo, is, though. my biggest problem is that the only guy from The Bachelor that I would actually ever date is dating someone true true except for i still don't know if i would have dated that one guy who was supposed to be on katie season but then wasn't still mad yes bow not his name yeah yeah bow but nick vial has always been the love of my life on the bachelor and unfortunately even though she is far too young for him he is dating someone happily right well speaking of dating people we shouldn't (laughs) <laughs> that was an amazing tagline. yes i got so much better at it don't yes. worry the next one i will not do well but this one i nailed this one so episode seven of dead like me is called reaper madness it was rated 8.2 stars and it came out on august 8 2003 the number one movie that weekend was or that day was swat what SWAT, S-W-A-T, starring Colin Firth and Samuel L. Jackson. Okay, I don't know this movie, but I feel like I should because I do know Colin Firth and Samuel L. Jackson. Right, that's the thing. I was looking at it and I go, I literally have no idea what this movie is. Brandon, I was 11, so like action movies, not exactly my thing at the time, but no idea. Hmm. I don't know. Anyways. This episode was directed by Robert Duncan McNeil. Now, this man, I've never heard of him. He's also an actor. I'm going to give you a list of all the shows that he has directed. And by list, I mean, this is half of them. This is just what I wrote down for things that I knew that you and I would recognize. Gotcha. Star Trek Voyager, Everwood. Mm -hmm. Which I loved Everwood. I never watched Everwood, but I do know it. I have loved Chris Pratt since Everwood and everyone who says they fell in love with him during Parks and Rec. I forgot about that. Everyone who says they fell in love with him during Parks and Rec does not deserve him. Dawson's Creek. He was was also on the OC and uh, didn't look great on it, but he was on it. One Tree Hill. Star Trek Enterprise. Summerland, which I've never watched Summerland. I, I'm going to just make a lot of loud noises tonight, apparently. I loved Summerland. It was my favorite show. Same. Jesse McCartney and Zac Efron? Right. You can't do better than that. Zac Efron when he still had a gap tooth? Right. Oh, I got a comment on my gap tooth at work the other day. Speaking of, I know I'm like breaking it up, but um, I was, I had this table that came in two nights in a row and they loved me. And they were telling me that I never need to get rid of my gap because it's excellent. And also that I should be a movie star. And I was like, well, if you direct a movie, you call me. Otherwise, I'm going to keep working my two jobs and not, I don't Fair. have time to be in a movie. <laughs> Fair. Anyways, but yes. Continuing. That's adorable. Medium. Desperate Housewives. The OC. <gasps> Fave. What about Brian? Las Vegas. Samantha Who. 21 episodes of Chuck, Smash, White Collar, 
666 Park Avenue, Supernatural. Oh, the Mentalist, Suburgatory, Warehouse 13, Blue Bloods, Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, The Resident, Suits, A Million Little Things, and his most recent credit is directing four episodes of that Josh Peck, Turner, and Hooch reboot. There's a Turner and Hooch reboot with Josh Peck? I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I know. I, so I did look him up and I do recognize his face. Yeah. But I don't know a yeah. lot of other things. No. We have guests. Hello. Hi, Hi, baby. I would like to give some input, but I didn't watch this episode yet. Oh, it's a bummer. We'll get you next time. Yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I um, forgot. The one that just came out on Sunday, I haven't watched yet. So I'm uh, almost up to date with what's released. Just I'm not up to date with in the scenes. I forgot that the baby does not like when I wear makeup. She's looking at me. Poor thing. Such a cute baby. There's a smile. You're drinking wine? Yes. Wow. Living the best life. It's a Friday. Kind of. Yes, but it's my school Friday. <laughs> um yeah, so that's everything that this man has directed. Yeah, I see his I see his face and I know his face, and I know all of those shows, but like two of them. And I've watched them, and he's excellent. Yeah, yeah. It was written by Tom Speciali. I think that's how you say his name. I, don't I know. bet it is. Um, he created Weird Science. That's how I'd say his name then. Yeah. Um, he d- wrote for Desperate Housewives and The Leftovers and a couple other things. But also, interestingly, he developed Ash versus, versus, versus The Evil Dead into a TV show. Like, he's the one who took the movies. And nice. Appreciate. Yeah. Um, we do have one guest star at this episode. His name is Ty Runyon. Um, Ty is spelled T-Y-G-H, which I appreciate. He's very, very, he's very Celtic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Um, um, so he has 92 credits and I've seen exactly zero of them. I never, I did not recognize him at all. Um, he was mm-hmm. in five episodes of Stargate Universe, which is, I think, the fifth Stargate series or the four, fourth or fifth Stargate series. And I never watched that one. And he was only in five episodes. So, um, and he played a lead role in a show called Versailles that I feel like I should have heard of, but I haven't. My biggest problem is that he looks hella familiar to me. And I figured he out- He kind of looks like, go ahead. I'll see I figured out who I think he looks like. Yeah. Um, except for that I can't remember the man's name. So I'm looking up what his name is right now. Tyson Ritter. No, actually. That is interesting. He he does look like Tyson Ritter now that you say that. Maybe a Tyson Ritter Teddy Geiger mix from Teddy Geiger yeah. back in the day. I can see that. I have an autographed picture of Teddy Geiger from back oh. in the day. Your grandma. Went to my grandma for the dentist. Oh, interesting. No, um, so there's this actor whose name is David Dasmalshian. And um, I know him from 
the MacGyver reboot, but he's also been in um, Ant-Man. Hey, I know him. Yeah. He played Kurt in the Ant-Man movies. Mm -hmm, He was mm -hmm. in, he was the polka dot man in the Suicide Squad, which if you haven't seen the Suicide Squad yet, it's really, really good. Um, He was in the Dark Knight. Like he's done a lot of stuff, but he just kind of has that weird, like sunken in face. And I feel like David Dalsmalshian now is kind of what that guy looked like 20 years ago. So I know they're not the same person. Yeah, I can see that. Difference. But like when I was looking at his face, I was like, why is he so familiar? I figured out that's why I thought he was familiar. Not because I actually know him, but because that's what he looks like to me. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Um, so we start the episode with a scene at Happy Time. And my first note was Rip Walkman. Because we get a close-up. Is there a Walkman in that scene? Yeah, there's a close-up on this girl's CD player spinning. That's how the episode starts. And I was like, oh, R.I.P. to the Walkman. What a time to be alive. Truly. Uh, Truly. So um, Dolores brings this new girl to George. And she says, "Um, hey, Millie, uh, do you want to be this girl's mentor? And George is like, mentor is just a promotion without a pay raise. And I said, isn't that the fucking truth? That is been there. I have been through three sets of interns in the past two years. They've done nothing for me. Um, so there's this girl, Fiona. She's new and George is training her. And Fiona is the absolute worst kind of employee you would ever want. She hey. is. And she just looks thrilled to be there too. Um, she basically eventually just decides that she's going to steal pens and that's the only useful thing she's going to do yes um then george goes to reggie's tree and is it she's just watching her yeah she's just watching her she's like feeling some type of way I don't know. Um, and then we go to George and Mason on a reaping call. Where I'm so sorry, uh, Sadie's eating plastic again, so I'm trying to distract her with bread. I, this today is today is just a disaster. I'm so sorry. Come here. I will feed you bread if you promise to be quiet. We're gonna do this now. Sorry, please continue. So, um, George and Mason are on this call for reaping, and there's a guy who is schizophrenic, and he is saying who knows what. And basically, they're making bets on how the two guys are gonna die. Mason goes and takes his soul, and George is about to get up to take her soul when Rube calls Mason's ancient cell phone mm-hmm. and it's like hey don't do that and george is like time out time out time out time you always tell me i'm not allowed to not go to these reaps and then you're calling me and telling me just kidding don't right i was like i, I was just sitting there i just put but wait ronnie was on a sticky note now he's not what's going to happen next? Like, this is not going to go well. 
So we go to the diner and George is complaining to Rube and Rube is like, it was a clerical error. He's going to die. They just, they got the date wrong. But I mean, like, we already saw Betty get that other guy's date day wrong for when he was going to die. When she was trying to steal It was a partner. week, really. See you in a week. Yeah. So, like, it happens. Right. But, like, George is very confused. And so we have this little scene in the diner where um, I realized that I hate Daisy. Even, I already knew that, but yes. Like, She's complaining about used cars and cottage cheese. And like, if there was any reason to hate someone, that would be it. This is not small curd cottage cheese. This is large curd. I can't eat curd. I was like, I want to push you down. You're too much curd. Exactly. Exactly. She was, I don't know. I'm sure she's lovely as an actress, but I do not like her as a replacement for Betty. Because I know that's what she is. I do not like her as a replacement. Correct. Um, then we go to Ronnie at his psychiatrist's office and his psychiatrist is like, you need to be on medication. And he's like, eh, but do I? Yes. Yes. The answer is you do. Absolutely. Um, and then he sees the gravelings and we're like, well, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the wind. I was gonna say if he doesn't already have issues with everything going on, now he sees the guy outside the window. Yeah. Um. So then the window washer falls and dies, Mm -hmm. and um. The window washer and Mason go to do drugs. The, the dead window yeah. washer and Mason go to get high. Yeah, I don't I don't understand because they can't touch things. But maybe it's like this guy's. Well, no, because this guy's white light. And Mason goes into it. He's gone, too. So, like, I don't really know. Um, no, I think Mason was just trying to follow him home. To steal his drug stash, like get directions to. Oh his yes, his yes, that makes the most sense. Um, yes. So George goes back to work after um, this awkward encounter because also Ronnie sees George and Mason doing whatever they're doing, and then she goes back to work and realizes that Fiona has done none of her job. She said but it George, all incorrectly. But George is like. You know what? She looks up to me and my lack of fucks to give. And I appreciate that. No, it's fine. I know. I loved that so much. I was like, eh, all right, this is this Wait, is the George we know and love. I related to that on a spiritual level because I personally mm-hmm. think that I'm a very good teacher in terms of the teaching. In terms of like being prepared. No. No. Right. But the my best friend at work is a first year teacher. And I feel like I'm accidentally encouraging her to be completely unprepared at all the time. Yeah. No, see, like, that's the kind of thing I felt like, too. I was like, like, I was like, I have to go to work early because I have to print some stuff because I have nothing for today. And she goes, We're gonna watch a movie because I don't feel like teaching. And I go, Oh, my little baby. I'm so proud of you. 
See, I feel like it's more of a follow my results, not the path I take to get there. Like <laughs> I get the job done and it's done well, but the in-between part, who knows what's going to happen. Fair. Um, then we um, get a flashback to George not getting money from the tooth fairy. <laughs> yes. Which I didn't fully understand why this was even a thing at first. Right, right. I was like, what does the tooth fairy have to do with any of this? But the point was that Joy, back when she had the Mm -hmm. desire left to try to be a parent, Mm -hmm. um, used to, instead of money from the tooth fairy, leave notes to George about how much she loved her. And George was like, and um threw them out but george was like i regret that now that i'm dead right right so instead i'm going to make a box full of happy thoughts and hang it from reggie's toilet tree she just she just wants to help little reggie yeah, she's going through a lot, which is admirable because she seems to be the only one who's trying to help Reggie. <laughs> well, Joy wants to help. She's just not really sure what to do. Accurate. And she's in it alone. <sighs> also accurate. So then George goes to her next read and she goes to the park and uh, Ronnie's there sitting on a bench. Whether this is coincidence okay. or this man being quite literally insane i will never know but they sit on the bench and ronnie is trying to flirt Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i have unfortunately never related to a character so much in my entire existence (laughs) as when ronnie tried to flirt by weirdly talking about germs yes because i am the coolest person in the world at all times until I actually like someone. And then I become the weirdest version of myself possible. Mm-hmm. I, feel like that. Time, I feel like that. the time, the time that I went on a first date and didn't know what to talk about. So I was like, Hey, do you know why bats sleep upside down? It's actually because their hearts are upside down and then continue to describe in detail, the circulatory system of a bat. Well, uh, that's okay, because one of my go-tos is that uh, ravens or crows, I always forget, maybe both. Oh, it's ravens. No, it's crows. It's crows. They recognize faces, and that if you you can, like, train them to like you, but if you, like, mess with them, then they immediately get mad at you, and they, like, are really petty and hold grudges, and um, then Just they'll bring their friends, and they're a murder of crows. Which and, is uh, then, my favorite. Right. And then I, you know, just trail off into murder and whatnot. And also not great. Also not great. Birds though. I try to be cool when I'm teaching also, but then sometimes the nerd in me comes out and we were reading the book in my fifth grade class and the character in the book likes bird watching. And I was Mm -hmm. like, how do you know that they like bird watching? And they're like, no, I thought they just like looking at the house. I go, okay, but it says he was watching a purple Martin. And I don't know if you've ever seen purple Martins, but they're the coolest birds. And like one time when I worked at Disney, we built nests for purple Martins. And they were like, you worked at Disney world. I go, yeah, not the point of the story. 
purple nerd. <laughs> Did you know about this bird? So I feel that. So Ronnie and I get along on a spiritual level that I should not get along with a schizophrenic person on. Right. Right. Yes. But it happens. I adored him through the entire thing, though. Yep. Um. Um. So uh, then Rube yells at George. And is like, you are getting sloppy. You cannot get people involved in the hot mess that is being a reaper. And look, at this point, I just said, this is wholly unfair. You have to get a job working with live people. So you know these live people and talk to them, but then you're not allowed to like date or do anything. Right. Like, because we know that Mason steals things and Roxy has a job and George has a job and Daisy's just a freeloading piece of shit. Yeah. What does Rube do? Hangs out at the diner. But he pays for the food all the time. Maybe he, that, I mean, the place he lives is very rich. So maybe he ended up his like ex-wife or whoever it is that he keeps like making dinner for. That's obviously not there. Died really rich. And he took over their place. I don't know. I don't know. That's my thoughts, but I agree. So then we get this lovely scene of Clancy and Joy arguing about how to be parents. And Spoiler alert for the end of the episode. I'm so sorry. She is so fiery today. Someone has just walked into the front door. Not my front door. The front door. And it's okay. It happens. Um, Spoiler alerts for the who I want to punch in this episode. The way Clancy spoke to Joy in this scene. I mean, truly. It's like he doesn't care about anything and he's just gonna do whatever she wants so that he doesn't have to deal with her he literally and was like we rude. only he's like we only moved to this house because i had a good public school district and now you don't want even want her in public school and she's like she goes to school with hundreds of kids and she's invisible and she's lost and she lost her sister and she needs help and he's like i don't want to pay for it Ooh. yeah for, no. for those of you who could not see that i made some inappropriate gestures about how i feel about this man <laughs> um yeah but then ronnie walks nope yep then we go to what did i miss something ronnie comes over to her apartment wait but did i skip that in the middle of their arguing yes i did in the middle of their arguing Reggie, who has mm-hmm. found the box of George's ideas, just walks into them arguing and goes, I want to ride horses. <laughs> okay, no. Re- okay, Reggie, you do that. So then we go back to George, who just got back to her house, and um, Ronnie is standing in the hallway in front of her apartment, and she's like, are you stalking me? And she's like, no, are you stalking me? And I'm like, Dude, you're at her house. If anyone's talking anyone, it's definitely you talking her. Um, so she Ugh. invites him in after confirming that she can also see gravelings stupidly. Right. 
And um, she says, what might be my favorite quote of all time. She said, if he, if it weren't for the fact that he's mentally ill and I'm undead, I would think this is a date. (laughs) Sometimes I feel that on a spiritual level. I mean, I mean, but also how does him being mentally ill and you being undead preclude you from having a date? Because clearly you're on a date right now. Right. It's just not allowed. Those are, but you're those, doing are it anyways. Both, those are both unfortunate circumstances, but not not stopping you, clearly. Clearly, yes, no. So George tries to casually kick him out because she's like, hey, like I have a job. I have to go to bed. And he's like, <laughs> I don't sleep. Right. <laughs> I was like, all right, so that's what does not George a red flag. do? What does George do? If this doesn't scream red flags about this relationship, George goes, you can't sleep because you are unmedicated and schizophrenic. I know what I'll do. I'll call Mason and his big old bag of drugs. <laughs> uh, to be fair, she does know this guy is going to die soon. And she does know that she's not going to die because she's already undead. So, like, there's not a lot of consequences that are going to come from this, except she'll actually get to go to sleep for the night. Except for the moral question of ever asking Mason for anything. There's a lot of uh, moral issues that they deal with. They're on a different uh, moral platitude. I don't remember how Rube said it, but he talks about that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so uh, she drugs him to sleep. And then in the morning, he's like, hey, I'm hungry. Let's go get food. And she's like, no, bro, I have to work. And he's like, okay, I'll come with you. He's so creepy. But like, also, it's like, like golden retriever. it's like golden retriever boyfriend to the next level. Like, right. Like if she wasn't undead, I'd be terrified. But right. like. It, she is so i'm just like in any really other funny. circumstance this is disconcerting right exactly um then i came upon a very important question because in the next scene we're back at the diner and daisy is mentioning that she's gonna go look at a hotel to see if she can get a room and George is like, that would be great. <laughs> and I realized Daisy still lives with George. Right. So where was she during all of this? Um, yeah, I also wondered that because she also knew that George had a boy over, but she obviously, she clearly wasn't there because there's like. No, but she feet. didn't know George had a boy over. Mason was like, oh, oh that's right. That's right. Mason was like, Rube sniffed out your boy. And she's like, your boy? That's right. And like, so Daisy, where were you? Who were you sleeping with last night? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe Daisy, she found Daisy, a different hotel. Daisy's allowed to sleep with whoever she wants, but George is not allowed to have a boyfriend. What? Exactly. What? Daisy's allowed to do whatever she wants and George is not allowed to do anything. It's just not fair. We do not approve of Daisy in this house. No, no, absolutely not. Um, so then we find out that there's going to be a group job, which is sad. It is sad. But always interesting. Group jobs are <laughs> always. always interesting. And um, then Rube goes to talk to Ronnie. And um, 
says that he is George's doctor and that she is a danger to herself. And maybe him. And I thought, you're dealing with a man who was already mentally unstable. That was probably not the best alibi. Like in any other situation, being like, she's crazy. A normal guy would be like, okay. (laughs) All right. But this guy's like, oh, we can share drugs. Great. Me too. I'm in. It's a, yeah, not a good situation. So then um, Joy and Clancy take Reggie horseback riding. And absolutely no one in this situation looks like they're enjoying themselves. Not a one. Reggie's miserable on the horse. Joy's miserable when Clancy is touching her. And Clancy is miserable that he's spending time with these people that he's supposedly in a family with. That he doesn't seem to care to want to be in a family with. Yeah. I was also not happy about this scene. So I was also probably looking very similar to how they were. Right. We go back to the diner where Rube is having a conversation with George about the fact that um, Ronnie may be schizophrenic, but also he may just be a liar who wants to get in her pants. Right. And I was like, while I totally get where Rube's coming from, worst pickup line ever. Yeah. Um. To any of our male listeners out there, which um, according to my uh, analytics <laughs> is not a lot of you, um, but if you are out there and a male, don't lie about being schizophrenic to flirt with a girl. It will not work. And if it does, we can run. Yes. Never a good move. Yep. So uh, Daisy and George go shopping to buy clothes for this group job that they have to do, which is going to be at a wedding. And um, Daisy flashes a man and steals his car. (laughs) It just, it's nice. It's a nice car to be fair, but like, I mean, that's how, how that makes sense. How Daisy gets everything without having a job. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Again, be concerned about that girl. Um, so then we go back to the last house where Joy is giving Reggie a gift of a new vest to ride, wear horseback riding. And Reggie's like, actually, that was awful. And I don't want to do it again. I would like to play the drums. She's like, I don't want this. And Joy's (laughs) like, could you not be a little bitch and just pick something? (laughs) And then she'll be rude when someone gives you a gift. And then she like hot takes a moment and breathes and like she should have done that first, but again, who am I to judge? And she's <laughs> like, you know what? You're right. I did all this horseback riding because my mom loved it and she was super supportive, but the truth is I hated it. And maybe if I would have just been honest about hating it, she could have supported me in something else. And I'm not here to crush your dreams. And I truly am trying to be a good mom. So I will talk to your dad because he's a piece of shit basically that's basically what she said Mm -hmm. then we go to the wedding so before we get into this wedding scene i have a 
question about how all of this works with with Ronnie. So he can see the gravelings. Yes. yes. He has an idea of what's happening. Can he see George as George or does he see her as this other woman? Because that's a it very seems like interesting he's question. As George. But we don't know. Like we don't know because nobody looks at her like Dolores doesn't you know what I mean? Like we don't really get that point of view. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a I have a follow-up in the next episode that I'll bring. I want to come back to this point next episode, but for now, I want to leave it there of what do you all think he sees George as? Interesting. I never would have questioned that. I've questioned a lot today. I just assumed that he saw her as Millie because he's alive. But since he can see the Gravelings, maybe he sees her as her. But now mm-hmm. that brings up a whole other question that I have about the entire show. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> I probably have the same one in my notes later for next episode. Okay. My note. Save using plastic. Please know that what George sees Mason as is Mason and not right. what he looks like in the reflection. Exactly. So that the undead see each other as the, their actual selves. Mm-hmm. But then why, before George died, did she still see Rube as Rube? Because she saw him walking down the street. Because maybe then, because he was he knew she was going to be a Grim. Maybe Grim see things differently. So that was another point I wondered because I was like, they're having this no, whole relationship like, how, with Ronnie. How then do the people who die know that the Reaper is the one who touched them if they suddenly see them as someone else? So maybe it's just that Reapers can see the real person and. It's not about being alive or dead. And then in that case, Ronnie would have seen her as Millie even after he died. Right. And that's what I'm saying. But I don't know if that's. Nope. I think that's, I think that's what it is. I think it must be because how would the dead person then recognize the reaper as the person who just reaped them if they can't see them as the same alive and dead? Like that just true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anyway, Ronnie shows up at the wedding. And George is like, you can't be here, which is kind of stupid to me that she thinks that he can't be there when his name is clearly on her post-it note. Right. Like she knows he has to be there. So then he kisses her. So I have another question. (laughs) Told you I have a lot of questions. What do you think it's like kissing an undead person? Because they're in a body, but is it like cold and it- well no but they because they talk about in this app ep- no they talk about this in the episode she's like i'm not dead dead i'm undead so i still have a body right. i still have urges i still have hormones she still has to eat and go to the bathroom right so like it's just a body it's not her body that she was born in but mm-hmm. it is a body so it's still alive and feels like a body i guess that's fine which they did address in this episode so that it wasn't weird right um so he kisses her and he's like, no, I know that I need to die. So I'm going to run away from death again and go to Boise. 
That's the way. That's how you escape. You go to Boise. I mean, isn't Idaho death itself? They have potatoes there. So, like, is it heaven? Depends on your point of view, I guess. Do they have Chick-fil-A? I do not know. That, that's that's the make or break. Potatoes good, but Chick-fil-A. I got, like, at least Boise does. I don't know. But, so, um, this whole shenanigans goes down. He gets up and he's like, we got to warn everybody they're going to die. And she's like, can we not do that? And he's like, because you're deaf. And she's like, I effing wish. I have no control over this. And she, he's like, so your doctor is deaf. And she's like, middle management at best. <laughs> yeah. And then she kisses him one more time. She takes his soul. He falls off a balcony onto a bride and groom and they all three die. And yet again, we have an absolutely absurd death. But I loved it. But also, like, could you imagine dying on your wedding day? Ugh. I mean, they seemed okay because at least they were together. They didn't seem too upset about it. That's but true. Like, if, only one, if only one of them had died, that would have been oh, yeah. But... And this is coming from a very jaded person who is struggling with um, HR and money issues at the moment. If I was that bride's parents and I paid for that wedding and then she died at the wedding, I would be effing pissed. But look, if she has life insurance, it's not going to go to her husband. It'll go to them. So maybe she has good life insurance they'll actually make money out of it not a reason to kill someone at their wedding let me say this also <laughs> then they still have to pay for the people if it's enough like life insurance policies can be up to like a million dollars and the wedding was probably two hundred fifty thousand at most we in- got married they got married in seattle they couldn't have been that rich but it was seattle in 2003 yeah so it was like you know um in the end of the episode reggie gets her drums and she leaves a note on the toilet tree for george saying thank you and george sneaks into her house and leaves it under her mom's pillow like the tooth fairy and it's a beautiful moment it's such a sweet moment and um yeah that's what it is that's that's that um trivia for this episode there's not a lot there was a movie called run ronnie run that involved a play a musical a musical inside a movie and the main character of the movie was named ronnie dobbs and in the musical within the movie mandy patinkin played ronnie dobbs oh Excellent. I like the connection. Then the other piece of trivia is that the picture in George's box for Reggie that had the female drummer was a real person. Her name is Caroline Corr, and she's from the Irish band, The Corrs. Female drummers. Nice. I got to learn all my Irish things. I was a female drummer um, in fifth grade band. 
But I got kicked out because I, my ex-boyfriend played the trumpet and I found it very funny to speed up the tempo and play too fast so that he couldn't breathe while he was playing the trumpet. And apparently <laughs> that is a level of petty that is not allowed in elementary school marching band. Well, they are first of all wrong because all trumpet players are terrible. The worst. Um, yeah. So except the girl ones, they're fine. Yeah. But, girl uh, trumpet players are great. Right. So like, I think I'm okay with that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I already said I was going to punch Clancy. So um, who would you, dear Courtney, like to punch? Daisy. Always and forever. Fair. Just Honestly, right in the fair. face. Who is your uh, MVP of the episode? Ronnie. I just love him so much. I do love Ronnie. I love Ronnie. I also really kind of love Joy's progress as a mom in this episode. But I think I'm going to have to go with Ronnie purely because of after he dies, when he just holds George hand, George's hand and say, I really did like kissing you. I was like, <laughs> I know. Break your heart. <laughs> if only I could be so lucky that someone could have their first dead thought be about kissing me. Because someone could be schizophrenic and kiss me and stalk me. <laughs> the you dream. Say it like that. <laughs> Just uh, bringing you back to reality a bit. <laughs> no worries. I don't really like to live in reality. Uh, yes, it's not a great place to be. But I have much more money in my fantasy land. I have money now in my reality land, just nothing, no time to do anything with it. Pay bills, pay off debt. Exciting Can't times. <laughs> just kidding. I can pay off my bills. I just, I'm stagnant. It's fine. <laughs> good times. It's a thrilling good place times. to be. Um, speaking of a good time, you know, it's a good time. Our social media. It's a great time. You can follow us <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. That was an uncomfortably long pause. It was. <laughs> at Death and Aliens. And you can follow me at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And you can follow me at C-E-Cloud 13. And um, we will see you on Wednesday with a new episode some predictions, some more fun stories from our life in about 20 minutes.